Hello, Sports and Spaghetti listeners. This episode has been brought to you by Underground's Record Cafe. Go get some breakfast or lunch and some records only at Underground's Record Cafe, 206 Main Street, Oakville, Connecticut. And find them on Instagram at Underground's Record Cafe. Now, on to the episode. Uh, that sound is iconic to the playroom. These gloves are making my hands sweat real Why bad. are you wearing rubber gloves? I don't think they're rubber. They're, they're the, I stole them from a hospital. Oh, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. What? What? What happened? Oh, I got real tight on my pinky for a second. Your hands are ghostly white right now. I think the inside is latex powdered, though. It's powdered gloves? I don't know. I, maybe. I took these. Listen, I took these right off the wall at the hospital. Oh. That's that. Why? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wanted them because I was like, "Oh, the box of large gloves is untouched. Not not a single <laughs> one has been taken out." So I took a handful, no more than thirty seconds after I took a handful and stuffed them into my pocket. Did a say six foot two, pretty built Nigerian doctor came in. I need to put the gloves on now, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I didn't realize." You are going to use the large gloves. And, and now I have my... to bleep you. Bing, bing, bing. I have to bing, bing, bing you. Unbelievable, Anthony. Right in the first minute and five seconds. That's all right. The doctor's in, baby. The, do- <laughs> the doctor's in. Oh, we're going to have bad reviews today. <laughs> the doctor of the playroom, baby. We're going to have we're going to get a lot of thumbs downs on this one. <laughs> um no, maybe you were you were swearing because of what we made today. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Okay, I made it, so I'm going to own it. I made something really tasty to the people that wanted it. Okay? I made um, autumn squash, whatever. I mean, autumn squash soup. The specifically made to taste like the one they sell at Panera Bread. So, my mouse said, oh, why don't you make the autumn squash soup from Panera Bread? And I was like, okay, we could do that, I guess. I'm not going to eat it, but okay. And so I did. I did. I went to the store. Huh. <laughs> I went to the store right after my meetings today, and they didn't have a butternut squash. Not a a one squash. Not a one insight. So I had to get all the other ingredients and then go to the Brookfield shop right over the river and through the woods. And they had a plenty of butternut squashes. So (laughs) what happened in Danbury? Yeah. Yeah. It was a squash fiasco. Yeah. Well, they had lots in Brookfield. So anyway, finally I got home around 540, and I had been cooking ever since up until about 20 minutes ago. Uh, I made um, I made this, this soup, and um, I'm going to be honest with you. It smells like a warm hug, Ant. Right? It smells delicious from a, from a, from a lad that doesn't enjoy – the gourd family yeah. very much. Um, it smelled real nice. It was. It smelled warm and it smelled like love. Um, but eh. here's here's what I will say. If you like 
if you like the the soup, the autumn squash, whatever, at Panera Bread, or really anywhere at any restaurant, then you would like this recipe, and you would like the product I put out because it 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 has the right color, it has the right consistency, it has the right uh, smell, I guess. Um, and I really, really hate it. It's not that it was bad. So no, don't, don't ever take it as like, hey, this was bad. No, no. If I if I liked it, then there's a problem because it's not what Melissa asked for. It's exactly what she asked for because I hate it, and and she really loved it, so it was right. I mean, the mice they they are here, so we may or may not hear from them. Well, um, yeah, we can get them in here to to. to well, mine defend. is a little bit busy. She's taking care of the Minnie Mouse. Yeah. The Minnie Mouse likes coming in here. She does. We'll see if she makes it. We can give it a shot. We can give it a shot. She learned a new new phrase today. What'd she learn today? What are you doing? What are you doing? How did you you, you pull that one off? Oh, I love that you asked me that. I was talking about one of my students. Okay? Uh, I can't name names. Wish I could. I told you about this one. Um, they were they were doing a little bit of maths today. Were they now? Yeah, and they had to count. There were some numbers on the on the screen, and they had to just say the numbers. They just had to. There, no, these are five and six years olds, and almost five year olds. They just had to say what number they saw. There were only five numbers that were alternating for fifty different numbers, and um, and this particular. St- <laughs> <laughs> And this particular student only knows numbers 9 through 12. <laughs> wait, so, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean only knows 9 through 12? Right, because the first number is is 1, one yeah. and this child did not it said I don't know, and then the next number was 9 and they said 9 and I was like, "Oh." So, this child does not know 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 or 8. Correct. But you give him a nine, and he's Albert Einstein. Nine is fine for this child. Nine is fine. And so Albert then, Einstein nine. Yes, nine. So then they, then the the student, um, the next number was four, and the next student took well said I know nine, so the next number has to be ten. And then the next one he he said eleven, and then the next one he said twelve. The number. The numbers were one, nine, four, six, seven. And after he got through twelve, I said, What are you doing? <laughs> I just said, What are you doing? I was beside myself, Aunt. I didn't know what to make of it. I caught I, like I I really asked him, I said I said, Did you look at the number? Mm-hmm. So what number is it? Twelve? It's a seven. There's a single digit there, pal. There's only one. So he knows, like, he knows that two ones make 11, but he does not know. No, what... no, he doesn't because he called the six an 11. <laughs> <laughs> so he wasn't looking at the numbers. <laughs> he was just counting the numbers he knows. Which are 9, 10, 11, and 12 of all numbers. Two two of those numbers 
are numbers that are really strange, 11 and 12, because they don't show up anywhere else. Like 21 and 31, all kind of, 41, 51, 61, 70, they all are something one. Yeah, but it's not like one, one, yeah. 11 doesn't sound like any other number, and 12 doesn't sound like, it's not 2012, 3012. He might just be a fan of Stranger Things. Oh, boy. Have you ever watched Stranger Things? I never got into it. Oh, yeah. Did you? I've never, yeah, I've never got into it. Yeah, last year. Um, last year, I got into Harry Potter. Okay. Just last year? Yes. Yes, I'm new. I know. I know a lot for only being in it a year. I've really embraced it. Like, seriously. But What's your house? I am Ravenclaw. I'm a Gryffindor. So Very was, good. Yeah, they think I'm brave via Pottermore, but I'm I'm not. I mean, maybe, but you know, I wouldn't join the Secret Service or no. anything like that. I'm Ravenclaw. I think that's a good one for me. Would make sense. What are you, Jules? Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's good stuff what right is, there. What's 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 Mies? Uh Hufflepuff. Do we know? Go get Mies. Go get her. Go get the yeah. Go get the mouse and the mini mouse. You can't just yell. You gotta go get her. Just go get her. I just we just want to know what house she's in. She can come in if she'd like. Now she my can. now some of my students would say I'm in my house. Huh? If I said what house are you in, I'm in my house. They wouldn't. They they don't. Oh, they wouldn't. Okay, I asked them. This is a big tangent. I'm sorry, everybody listening, but I asked them today about the setting of a story. And um and they and I and I said where is the boy, I said where's the boy on the on the on the where is the boy in this book and it was an Ezra Jack Keats book, so it's in the city, and and the kid goes the kid goes on the page. I was like uh huh, yeah. So that's how it goes. What house are you in? Into the microphone, mouse. Hufflepuff. Yeah, hey, okay. he was right. Okay, so we have both mice here. So uh, please come to your respective husbands. And, yeah, come over here. And and please please defend the soup. Because Talk about the soup. Come because here. we don't have a lot of nice things to say come about here, it. Come here, Red Sox. The only team worse than the Yankees. <laughs> You'll hear that later. Okay, so so here, you're going to get... So these, these two people actually liked it. And I, I feel like they need to say something. You don't have to say a lot. You have to say something, though. Because we're not good judges of this soup because we don't well, like this soup. Disney copyright strike. There it is. Anyway. All right. Go ahead, um, mouse number one. It tasted like Panera. And was that the desired effect? Yes. Thank you. So I've never had the Panera soup. I'm not a big butternut squash. The only time that I've ever had it is I think my aunt usually makes it like for Thanksgiving or something. Um, but I thought it was good. Good. If anything, I'd say maybe it could be a little sweeter. I know there was some apple cider in there, but I thought yeah. it could. Be, it could. You I could... didn't hate it. It's not like my my go to. I wouldn't like, order at a restaurant, but it was good. Like for definitely for a good fall soup, just for something easy to make. Yeah, I mean it and wasn't again, terrible. And, to and make. again, as a diabetic, like I asked you before, there's like very little carbs, good veggies. Right. You know, it's not terribly me. unhealthy. No, it was good. Oh, now you're being obnoxious, Seb. Thank you very much, Mouse Number Two, and there you have it. Does the Minnie Mouse want to talk today? What are you doing? <laughs> Very nice. Thank you, Mice. You're excused if Thank you'd you. like. You can, you you can, can, you can go back like. or hang out.
I love you, Jules. Very good. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so we made the autumn squash uh, soup. Yeah, we needed today. some we needed some good vibes around that soup because um, you know, again, we said it was it was tasty, just not our not our bowl of soup. But Chris viscerally gagged a few times. Oh, I was being dramatic. Okay. I wasn't um the first time with the pumpkin. <laughs> pumpkin it, it hit me right in the palate. No, it hit me, just being dramatic. No, it hit me right in the palate. Yeah, I'm not a gourd fella. So <laughs> no. like if you ever if you ever want to see me freak out like cut open a pumpkin in front of me. I'll lose it. I'll lose it. No, it's all good. And like I said, it it's a recipe that if you if you like the Panera soup and if you like autumn squash soup, it's something that you could try. And if you like your house to smell like warm hugs, then make it really it smells very good. It smells very good. And I made so my mom uh makes this bread all the time. Um my Grammy made this bread a bunch too. Uh, when she was with us, you'll hear about Grammy later, obviously. Um, all it is is you you buy the pizza dough at the store, and you you grease a either a tin like loaf pan or a regular loaf pan, and uh, and you just pop it in and on four hundred until uh, until it's brown on the top, and then you just kind of cut it a little to see if it's done. It's What's not it? the way you should make bread if you want to do it homemade. But honestly, it's just as good. No, it's it's solid. I mean, it's it's the easy way out. You get in your you get all the ingredients in your dough right there, so you don't have to you don't have to make a mess. It's a nice bread. That's it's a like good a, chew. It's a good, a good chew, chew and a good dipping bread. You want to talk I know. To I know that Melissa um, liked dipping the bread a lot into the soup. Like that was her go-to what she was just eating. So I'm happy about it. Um, I'm happy that the mice. We're fed and happy, like that's the the bottom line. Because because Stone Cold said so. Yes. What are you doing? Okay. <laughs> All yeah, right. Now, that's my food. We, we've talked about we've talked about some bad food today. It wasn't bad. We just didn't enjoy it. Um, you can go ahead and you can try it and you can enjoy it and yeah. you can make it because if you like squash, it was a very good soup. Yeah. Um, but. Let's move on, and let's hear from Mr. Chris Walker. Let's hear about the good, the bad, and the end. Uh, this is in no particular order. All right. We're going to go in order today. In, in, we're going to go in a bit of an order today. A particular order? In a particular order, okay. because we're going we're gonna to flow into our sports talk after this. So we're going to talk about the good. Um, the NHL preseason is back. That is good. I'm not going to say too much about it now, because we're going to go into that in a little bit. Um, the NHL preseason is back. The Islanders are getting their 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 butts handed to them right now um, against the Rangers, uh, three to one. Semyon Varlamov has given up three goals in the first period, so everything is is back to normal. Um, and that's the good. I'm just happy that there's hockey back, and I can watch highlights because we're recording during the game, which is fine. And, you know, it is what it is. We got to work. <laughs> we got to work for our two dollars. You're complaining about a preseason game. No, I said I could watch the highlights. Yeah, but are you saying you're 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 putting on that you're upset about missing a preseason yeah, game? Yeah, I'm a little I'm bummed that I'm not going to see it, but I can watch the replay of it. I like I watch the replay of this one. It's the only game I'll watch a replay of all season cuz I want to see how the young guys do. Yeah, but that, we'll get there. Okay. All right, let's talk about the bad. I'm the bad this week. I'm I'm the bad guy. It's me. Hi, Sabrina. Hi. Yes, hello. You're so pretty. 
I lost all three of my fantasy football matches this week. Thank you. Thank you for that. And so if we're going by records, I went a combined 0 and 4. Lumos, yes, Lumos, very good. She has her wand and knocks, yes. I went 0 for 4 this week. What a disaster. Que lastima. And I don't have a lot of bad fantasy weeks. If I went 2 and 1. Those are great. That's nice. <laughs> I went 0 and 4. Thank you. <laughs> so, I need T. Higgins to go ahead and explain himself. Because <laughs> all I needed... Oh, and the worst of it was that I lost two of the matchups by less than one point. Less than one point. I can't find it. It's no. too late now. T. Higgins, on two of my teams, two of them, was the difference. He dropped a 12-yard pass late in the third quarter of the game uh, yesterday, of Monday night's game, and cost me. All he had to do was catch one more pass. All he had to do was catch the football, and he couldn't catch the football. Unbelievable. And Sabrina just whacked her head on the cozy coop. It's terrible. I think. Let me know your quarterback situation. Talk to the. Oh fans. <laughs> well, then we could just keep right on, right on going with how bad my team is in our league. My quarterbacks in my other leagues are are fine. They're not the problem. Um, I got Russell Wilson and Justin Fields, who was my. <sighs> who was my. I think he was my first pick or my second pick. I think he was my second pick. I can check. While you vamp, I'll check for you. He he had a terrible week one. He had a terrible week two. And then he was concussed in week three. I think he delivered me a four-point performance. <laughs> you drafted him with pick 207. That's Justin Fields. 207? 207. Oh, really? Oh, he was... No, pick round two, pick seven. Oh, no. <laughs> and then you took <laughs> you took Russ at uh, round 10, pick seven. Now, that, that's about right for Russ. <laughs> I'm not saying I needed Russell Wilson to be my top producing quarterback, but for three weeks he has been, and he's on a terrible team that had 70 points dropped on them this week. And he still had a decent showing. I'm not complaining about Russell Wilson. But if he's getting me 25 points and Justin Fields is getting me 40, then we're not, we don't have a problem. But when he's getting me 25 points and Justin Fields is getting me four, then we've got a little problem. So I picked up C.J. Stroud, and he put on 30-plus on the bench, doing what he needs to do on the bench. So I'll put him in my lineup next week in time for him to throw three picks. They're playing Indy next week, so I think that's a good call. <sighs> I might have to drop him. The dog? No, not the dog. Stroud. Oh, I'll trade you. Uh, who did I? Say? I'll trade you Jordan Love Jordan right now, Love. live on the air. No, <laughs> no. So that's the bad. It's me. 
it's my abysmal fantasy performance uh, this week. You got to own it. You got to own it. It can't get worse than this. The only way it could get worse is if, is if it keeps happening. Well, the only way it can get worse is if you're in my team in my paid league because thus far this season, I have lost. Yeah. Um, not games. I'm one and two, so it's not too, too bad. Um, I have lost two injury. <clears throat> Aaron Jones, Brandon Ayuk, Cooper Cup. Um, I have lost my charging cable. Um, <laughs> Gus Edwards is now questionable. It's just everybody's hurt. I don't have I don't have a healthy I don't have a healthy lineup. Oh, she got her, uh, she loves her boots. Your rain boots. Uh, all right. Here's my eh, eh. My eh of the week is Matt Barzell. Why is that? Matt Barzell. There's a fat head of him up in my drum room. Okay. He's Melissa's husband, quote unquote. And she is, they're on the outs. <laughs> they're on the outs lately because he buzzed his flow. Do they need to go to that show? The the divorce show on, on like VH1? The yes. Tra- the trash TV? Yep. So that has resulted in mixed reviews from his suitors, uh, a.k.a. my wife. Um, I got to be honest with you, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good, the the, the buzz cut. He had some filthy lettuce. But he had nice, yeah. Some great lettuce, but. I, not, yeah. Half clapper top cheddar for the boys. For the. Listen. Um, he got a buzzy? Maybe, maybe throw a Zinachine in? <laughs> maybe he... Maybe maybe he buzzes his hair and, and and then he scores thirty this year again instead of the whatever he scored last season, which is like four. Um, but it's and because I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. He looks like he got jacked, but no, he's I got feel, no. He, I feel he, like any respectable hockey player needs to have some chetty. Well, if you're under Lou Lamorello, the GM, he doesn't like the long, long hair. So, but he buzzed it. It's like, but it's like even Kirill. He's a Russian, and it's a, he has some ched, and it's beautiful. Yeah, he has some beautiful hair. Matt's cut his hair too. Zuk cut Zuccarello his hair. did. Yep. But you know, anyway, um, it leads me into one of our talking points today uh, for the NHL since the preseason just started on Saturday. Um, with the NHL Global Series down under in Australia, Coyotes and Kings. Oh, so played didn't a few the kid games. on the Coyotes just like tear it up in those games? Yeah, I and you know what? I forget his name. And uh, Cooley was his last yes, name. Yes, I think so. Yeah, he scored an unreal goal. Uh, if you check it out. Uh, well, it's going to be funny because it's going to be like how in the UK the everybody loves the Jaguars just because they play over there. There's just going to be an, like an unnatural amount of Coyotes fans from Arizona or from from Australia. Which is hilarious, <laughs> just because that's who they played. That's right. But anyway, I wanted to do a little bit of a dive here into does the preseason performance of NHL teams specifically translate to the regular season and success? Um, I mean, I'm going to jump in because you're you're the expert on this. I'm just going to think, you know, from my – we'll get mine out of the way quick. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't think records mean anything, um, but I think it's just the practice. Oh, no, I'm talking about records. Oh, uh, no, then. If it's records, then I don't think there's any translation. But, I mean, just getting the reps and everything like that, getting your young guys reps, that's where you find your hidden gems. That's where you find, you know, guys that you thought would be 
in the pipeline on a two-way contract that fight their way into the top nine. So it's like, to a certain aspect, right, yes, because your guys get reps and they get work and they get to see live game action. Like, for Bedard, it's probably going to be great because he's getting actual game action. But if the Blackhawks go undefeated, doesn't don't book them to win the Cup. You know what I mean? That's exactly right. And so the main thing with that, Ant, is I went back and I looked at past seasons, preseason records, and I'm sure to the surprise of very few people, no, the preseason really doesn't indicate record-wise how a team is going to finish. But why? Why is that? So you're asking me or you asking no, our audience? No, I'm asking the audience. Why is that? We're going to answer it. I'm going to answer it. I'm going to tell you why. It, the main thing, and in other sports it's a little bit different, but kind of preseason in football, they kind of weigh heavily on that. Like because if a team looks really bad in the preseason in football, then it's like, uh-oh, they're in trouble. Because these guys are vying for spots, just like in other sports, but it, it, it means more of those preseason games. You know what I mean? Um, in the NHL, it's a huge feeling out process. It's, it's, a tra- it's training camp. Yeah. Right now, teams are in the beginning of training camp as we speak. Training camp started on Friday um, for the whole NHL. So... You have let I'll just take the Islanders for right now who are losing now four to one, which is lovely. So you have the New York Rangers they're playing, who have pretty much all of their starting players in the lineup tonight. That's such a Rangers thing to do. Oh, of course oh it is. Oh god, it's such a Rangers thing to do. Absolutely it is. You know who's in goal for them? Igor Shosturkin. No. Oh, oh yes, god. he is. What do you think they were gonna do? They can only beat us in the preseason. Adam Fox, Jacob Truva, Gustafson, Lindgren, Kevin Miller, uh, uh, K. Andre Miller, sorry. Um, yeah, they've got all of them. They've got Capo Caco, Barclay Goodrow, Vinny Trocek, Chris Kreider, is, uh, Blake Wheeler. Is Quickie dressed tonight? Nick Bene- no, he played the last game. Why are you. My guy is 50. He doesn't need to play. So you get teams like the Rangers that do that right now. And then you get teams like the Islanders who have um, Arno Durando, um, William Dufour, Michael Maggio um, in the lineup. Sam Bolduke, who played a few games at the NHL last season. Uh, Grant Hutton played a few games last year. And you got Semyon Varlamov in the net and Jakob Skarik's the backup. So you got, just in one game, you see... The difference in lineups. So when the Islanders only have 10 shots on goal halfway through the game, in a preseason game, it doesn't matter if it's the last preseason game. This is not their team. No. That's not the team. But the Rangers have their team, so they're killing the Islanders 4-1. to So when people, and this is my point, you might be thinking why. The reason why I bring this up is because a lot of people that I worked with at um, NHL Network, and especially at ESPN, who knows so much about hockey, clearly. They, the ESPN people all the time were like, during the preseason uh, when I worked there, there were two preseasons that I was there for. 
And I would be assigned to all the Islanders games because they knew I was an Isles fan. And they're like, oh, they didn't look good tonight. Oh, they didn't look good tonight. Oh, they didn't look good tonight. And every time I'd say, it's the preseason. It's the preseason. And that seems obvious to some people listening. But a lot of people are like, oh, they lost. They didn't, you didn't lose. They're not, yeah, they're getting killed, by the way. They're not losing the game. No. It's training camp. This is practice. It's a scrimmage, essentially. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a refereed scrimmage. Benny, what are you doing? Do you need to go outside? Well, he just came in. Oh. Oh, that's why. He's like, love me, love me. But for a lot of people, like I said, um, the preseason is a chance to go to a game because the tickets are very affordable. Um, and towards the end of the preseason, he's tangled you. Towards the end of the preseason, you can actually go to a game and kind of see the real team and then more fans are at the game and... Honestly, if you went to the Garden right now to watch the Rangers play right now, if you went to the Garden, then what you would get is pretty much a packed house. The Rangers fans are Fairweather fans, so they pack the stadium all the time. I have no problem talking about the Rangers fans. Hockey season's back. <laughs> They're an atrocious fan base. Absolutely atrocious. There's no there there's no season like the preseason for uh watching scouting um and and seeing what the future's going to bring for especially for hockey because they really do give the young guys a lot of time in the preseason so it's fun. Um but there's there should be no pressure and there should be nobody saying anything bad about their team in the preseason even if you lose every game. Now let me jump in and on the other side at least and and let's say if these things Met, you know, mean something. Hockey is a very chemistry-driven sport. Now, if you have a new line mate, let's say, I don't know, if if I'm trying to think of somebody that's joined a new team, um, who was the big name move this year? I don't, I don't remember. A big name. Move? Yeah, just one. Uh, let's just use Bedard for an example, okay, I guess. So, like, Bedard. so Bedard gets drafted. If you're in the preseason, do you want to play your young guys just to get them seen, and then maybe you find your second, your third line guy down down the road, or do you want Bedard, who is gonna start off on the first line? Do you want him to gain chemistry with those line mates, even though they are gonna be older players? Well, so most teams go into the preseason with their lineup pretty much set. Um, there was one exception actually on the Islanders last year. It was Hudson Fashing. We like and, Hudson Fashing. Oh, we love him on this podcast. Um, he actually didn't crack the roster, um, and really was expected to be a minor leaguer all year. And then there were injuries and he came up and then he had an unbelievable campaign with the Islanders as a third, fourth line guy. And so now he's a regular. So like I said, the GM and the coaches pretty much have their lineup set and they're just seeing all right, are these guys guys that we can call up right away? Or is there going to be one guy that can, like, blow us away and be like, you're taking somebody's spot? Okay. But the, but the veteran guys, the older guys, for the most part, are not going to play the first half of the preseason. Because why, why risk an injury? Take a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury. Why would you risk injury to an older player? The older you get, the more prone you are to injury. It's just science. No, I get that. And that's why, like, a lot of 
uh, guys in the NFL, like they won't sign until after training camp and stuff like that. No, it's the reason I asked was because I was thinking like Anthony Volpe, right, with the Yankees. He was not even a thought to be the starting shortstop. It was going to be somebody else. Was, I think it was IKF was supposed to be the starting shortstop. But during training camp and during spring training, Volpe came in and essentially won the job. So he came in spring training. He killed it. And not only is he one of the better shortstops, I mean, let's say in the AL East, um, he's most likely going to win a gold glove this year because Wander Franco, again, sent to the minors. <laughs> um, you, oh, that's a that's a bad look for, for you to give me right there. You just shot me a bad one. Um, but no, he's going to win a gold glove. He's should He should win Rookie of the Year, American League Rookie of the Year. Um, that was just my thing. Like if he were to walk in and just fight for that spot and, and scrap, you know what yeah. I mean? And I think he had a pretty successful season as we transitioned into baseball. I think he had a, a good season. I mean, his numbers the last 30 days have been tough, but the kid has played in, I think every game except one. Yeah. So like he's, he's spent, he's, he's tired. You, yeah. He, he hasn't had so a day. Is so is the whole team. The ALE swallowed the Yankees up this season. And it was the youth of the Orioles. Yeah, I mean that we even said. I was going to say play the tape. We were like, "All right, the Orioles are coming up. It could be their year." But I think I think my exact the Rays phrasing, are who the I Orioles. think I say I think this is the exact phrasing. We'll go back and we'll grab it. Yeah. But um, I said that the Orioles are who the Blue Jays think they are. That's right, the Blue Jays. And the Orioles are the Orioles this year. And, and that rebuild, that long, awful rebuild, is paying off in a big way. Yeah. I mean, they had gone, I think 2013 was the last time they had made the playoffs. Yeah. That was when Rugi drilled Jose Bautista in the face. I think that was that season. Yeah. Um, but Baltimore, I mean, they were bottom feeders for a while. They they hung around. They took their lumps, and now they have. I mean, they built a great farm system. They built a. I mean, they built a great major league team. Um, they're a couple pieces away. I still think they're 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 a fun team for the playoffs, but I th I think they're a couple pieces away. But this is one of those teams where expect to see them a lot in the in the in the coming future. Expect to see them a lot, barring you know players having down seasons or getting hurt or anything like that expect the Orioles to stick around for a while this is a team that could make noise in the playoffs yeah you you these teams are dangerous I don't know if they've got it enough to win a, a World Series this year but the Yankees are not involved the Astros are not involved it's not it's not final yet, but they I think they're like a game or like a half right. game out because Seattle won, I think. Right. They're they're most likely not gonna be involved. And even if they are, it's not the same Astros team. No, I mean let's just let, let's just look at this youth movement, right? So you have just in the AL East, you have the Orioles, the Jays, and the Rays. Um, and Boston just fired High and Bloom, so you can expect them their turnaround to be quick. Um and then you're looking at that. The Yankees have their youth movement coming in. They've been playing uh, Dominguez before he got hurt. They've been playing Wells and Pereira and Peraza and Volpe and, you know, all these guys. And they still have some, some arms to come up and stuff like that. And then, I mean, the Rays are a constant factory of who's that. And then they have – they're batting 300 with 30 home runs and, and you know, 
and fighting for first place and the Jays and it's just even just the American League East is nuts for the youth movement. But I mean, take a look around the league and you have Arizona in a playoff spot. Corbin Carroll is tearing it up. You have Miami in a playoff spot. They're a young team. Um, there's just it's this was a season of a lot of turnaround turnover. Yeah. Younger players are making a big impact all over Major League Baseball. And what's happening with the older teams is they're getting cycled down to the bottom because they need to get younger. And now we're seeing the Yankees, for example, since they've been calling up all these young guys, they've been playing much better baseball. The team the team is in a better place than they were two months ago. Absolutely. They're not making the playoffs, obviously, but they're not like they brought up their youth and now they're playing better baseball. Yeah, it's it's the youth invasion, we'll call it again. It's the same thing that happened in twenty seventeen where they brought up I mean, it was the last time they missed the playoffs and then twenty seventeen again were bitter. They should have won the World Series. Um, so 2024 Yankees look out, but no, it's the thing is they brought up Gary Sanchez and Greg Bird and Tyler Austin and Aaron judge. And they had their veteran pieces in place. They had CC, they had DD, um, <laughs> Jacoby Ellsbury. Huh, huh. Um, but I mean, they had their guys in place and it's just, there's, there's just something fresh, right? Baseball is the biggest vibes sport, I think. So you get the teams where, Winning is contagious and hitting is contagious. And you look at the – that's why I always say, like, I don't watch baseball until after the draft. But March baseball, April baseball, it matters because if your team is rolling for the most part and they're gelling and everybody stays healthy, then they just gonna, they're going to carry that momentum. Granted, there's teams that don't, a la Pittsburgh this year, 20-6, and six, and then they just fell off. But, I mean – the Orioles were rolling from day one. Right. I was going to say, they, I mean, the, even the Rays, the Rays got off to that ridiculous start. And I, I remember we did one of our episodes on your porch. That was the same episode as when we were talking about Baltimore being what Toronto. Yeah. Had. Yeah. And, and I remember us saying, but how long is it going to last? And I have to give them credit. Obviously, that didn't last, but they didn't fall apart. No. And they, uh, this was the first time I think that the hitting for the Rays wasn't the issue and it was the pitching. Cause I mean, you're used to the Rays just calling up every Diego and Jose ever and them throwing 102 miles an hour and striking every Yankee out. But the, the hitting kept them alive Their Their offense kept them alive. I mean, and they've, they went through a lot. They lost their, their ACE McClanahan went down for the season. They didn't have glass. Now the whole season, Wander Franco is in prison um well any chance you can get to <laughs> yeah i don't like i think it's the adult braces if you have adult braces i apologize but i think that's what turned not, them off for not me. the not the the relationship with the minor no 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 no. i'm saying that's why like i'm I, of course that was the worst part <laughs> but aside from that it's either the adult braces or it was the fact that he had, that he had the major league baseball tattoo on his neck that was tough yeah mlb logo yeah yeah no not so much but they, I mean, they went through, <laughs> they went through a lot, and they're still, they're still in the playoffs, right. and they're fighting for that AL East. I think they're still in the fight for the AL East division title. Mm-hmm. But good on them. <sighs> it's not the Yankees' year. 
No, and it's it's, it's nice. It's not the Mets here, and it's also not the Red Sox here. Well, that's the thing is the Yankees were eliminated last out of the Yan- out of the Yankees, Mets, and Red Sox. That's the game we're playing. That's the now. game we're playing. That's the only <laughs> thing I care about. It's bad. My thing with the Islanders every year is I don't want them to be the first team out of the playoffs. You just want your six games and then give me my cheer. six games. That's my <laughs> and slogan. You, and then you'll cheer for that's it. my that's the Islanders slogan. Give us our six playoff games, and then I could take a bright breather. Oh boy, uh, Anthony, we have something very exciting to talk about now. Yes, we touched on it a little last week, and now it's official. Yes, um, we will be the voice of WCSU football again on WXCI WXCI Live. We're taking over for the next two weeks. We are. We are, in fact, taking over. So if you thought you were going to hear some Division Three football, somehow you were right. Yeah. You know, that's a good pre- good prediction. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you took that, that was about plus 8,000 at the start of the, the year. Yeah. If you, thought this, if, the, if you thought this podcast would be talking about Division Three football, you need to call me and we'll work on bet the rent for next week. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But, hey. I have a maybe a really dumb question. What's you know, your question? You, know, you bet on, um, you bet on on on, on D one football. And yeah. Everything. Is there a way to bet on D three sports? I don't think so because I don't think there's lines and stuff. I know you can bet right. on the CFL and stuff like that. Right. I, I mean, didn't know. If, I've bet on like Croatian ping pong. Same. Oh, same. It's, when it's... I when I did my when I had my I had a few free ones on FanDuel and the other ones. The other one, DraftKings. DraftKings. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting on a response. DraftKings. So. Yes. Um. Uh. I had the the free bets of the fifty dollar bonus for yeah, entering yeah, yeah. or whatever, and I did and I and I did a bunch of little ones and then when um when I made more than I put in than I got out. And then I never went back in. Yeah, um, I don't. I can't say the same. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Westcon football. Westcon football. So, so they're one and two, Ant, through three weeks, just like my fantasy teams. Uh, one and two is not ideal. They just lost uh, 35-28 to Bridgewater State. Um, however, um, they, um, they, they may be in for it. On sa- on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday is gonna be it's gonna be fun. They're returning to the whack. Um, you'll be able to hear Chris and I's velvety smooth voice call that game. Your your voice is velvety. I don't think my voice is velvety. Mine is rough. It's a little rough. I have a rough. It's voice. a little rough. My voice is a little sultry in the box. Sultry. He said sultry and on Chad, my podcast. And Chad Blasky is gonna run that ball down to the five All yard. Right. Oh dear. <laughs> That's why I'm on play-by-play. <laughs> now, um, I have the best uh, analyst possible for this in Ant because that's your sport. It's well, one thing. of your sports. It's my thing. No, this is – football is my sport. Football, besides hockey, is my favorite sport to call because there's so much drama with every play – with a lot of plays in the game. But anyway, um, talk about – some of our players here that we're going to be looking at. Yeah, we'll Mr. get back Analyst. to it. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Play-By-Play. So, Western Connecticut, um, this is their second year as the Wolves. Wolves. I said Wolves. Oh, yeah. yeah they the Colonials anymore. No, this is the first call as the, as the Wolves. But this is the second year as the Wolves, but this is running back Chad Blasky's fifth year with the team. He's coming back as a graduate, um, and the guy is a monster. 
Uh, he was up in the, the top, I want to say top five ranks of rushing yards for Division Three last year, like the whole nation, Division Three. Is that right? Yeah, he was up there. He was up there. I'd have to double check, but he's he was definitely up there. Um, he put on he put up thirteen hundred and six yards and eight touchdowns. That's just rushing. This year, he's averaging ninety eight point three yards per game, which again, that's gonna be it's gonna be a solid, solid ground game from Westcon, which you're used to seeing. Okay? Yeah. Um, you know, after the departure of Will Arnt, Arnt, Arnt. Um. After the departure of him, they went through their their cycle of quarterbacks. Mike Nichol, Mike Nichol. was next. Yep. Then it was Quinn Fleeting. Quinn Fleeting. And then it was DJ James. Yep. Um, and then I don't know who it was last year or a couple years since, but those were the three that we called. Um, but they're going to have a base, uh, a balanced attack um, just because quarterback June, junior quarterback John Giller is back. Um, so far through three games, 856 yards and 10 touchdowns. So they are airing it out. Um, averaging 285 passing yards per game, which is – it's you'd never expect Westcon to do that. No. Unless Will is under center. Right. Uh, we haven't heard those numbers in, in quite a long time. Right. Hey, we love Quinn Fleeting, but he was not a throwing – a passing quarterback. Oh, absolutely. No. No. Quinn could move. Though. Oh, he – oh, Quinn that's – that his game was on the ground for uh, yeah. sure. Yeah, so was David. David – DJ James was good too. And, well, obviously Mike Nickel was not always a quarterback. Mike Nickel was uh he wasn't a, I don't even think he was a he wasn't even a quarterback in high school. We played him right. in high school. Um they just ran the ball. Every oh day. yeah. Yeah. They ran it behind that massive offensive line. Remember yeah. Medina? Yeah. I was just talking about Medina. I wonder how he's doing. Didn't he uh catch a touchdown pass once? He did catch a touchdown pass. I remember then... calling that. I think I went ballistic when he caught that yeah. pass. Yeah. Only man was 6 foot 8. Right. He was getting looked at by the Colts from Division 3. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, nonetheless, John Giller is back and, uh, his favorite target last season and this season thus far is junior wide receiver, Julian Ferguson. Um, he was the team leader last year in receptions, yards, and receiving touchdowns. Looking to do that again. He's the leading receiver, um, this season again. Um, and then over on the defensive side, this is never a good sign. We're going to be completely honest here. But it's never a good sign when hey, we're def- analyzing. When we're def- not here when to pass a- judgment. <laughs> it's never a good sign when a defensive back is leading your team in tackles. Um, but that's what hap- That's what's happening for Westcon. Senior defensive back Deshaun Hardy Walker is leading the team total tackles. Now he might be playing a rover role, a sub linebacker role in the nickel. But on the website, he's a defensive back, so that's what I'm going off of. Um, Twenty-four total tackles through three games, solid. Um, and then one thing that's awesome is freshman defensive back Tyon Grimes. He's tied for the league lead in interceptions with one and pass breakups, which is four. Um, so those are kind of just the stat leaders right now. Um, I haven't gotten a good grip on their offensive line yet, so I'm going to see if I could find some some film and, and break that down. I was going to say, bit. that's the way you break it down. Yeah. You can't really break down an offensive line just with numbers. No, it's it, we'll try. But you we, could, but we will in a couple seconds, actually. But <laughs> so upcoming, I don't know, Chris, if you want to announce who they're playing. Yes, we're playing the four and O UMass Dartmouth, and what is their team name? Um, something to do with boats. That's right. Are they not the the Corsairs? I think they're the Corsairs, like a boat on the ocean. <laughs> So we've um quick a quick sidebar here, Anthony. 
so we we make little jokes here and there, little inside jokes here. Um, and and when we thought we thought we would, um, uh, we thought we we uh, we thought we would talk about some of the broadcasters a little bit for for Westcon that I worked at. So, um, they probably won't be there on on Saturday. Um, but but we've had a lot of fun with with some of them, including in in, in you know, one podcast, one radio show actually uh, featured the Westcon broadcasting team on it. Did you know that, Anthony? With all of us on it at once? No, not no, no, not all of us. Uh, oh, oh, you and I weren't there. Uh, uh, only a select group of 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 uh, of men and women were on that one, um, and they they got they got ripped, man. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. They got, they got ripped apart. Is that why we got called back in? Yes, not this time. We reached out this time, but we got called back a few years ago because <laughs> because of this. And um, and we yeah, we've had some we've had some interesting personalities on the on the sidelines and uh, doing the doing the on field interviews. Uh, <laughs> We've had some personalities, and all I'm saying is, me and you, we really hit it off, Chris. We really hit it off, and we're gonna have a good time, um, a root and toot and good time. Storm that ship, <laughs> and I do mean boat. <laughs> anyway, UMass Dartmouth uh, is coming off of a huge, massive. 59 to nothing win over Worcester State. Yes, that's an even bigger margin than the Dolphins won by this weekend. They only won by 50. UMass Dartmouth won by 59. Now, not only did they just put up ab- unbelievable numbers, if you look at their points for and points against, Chris, <laughs> UMass Dartmouth has scored 177 points. <laughs> And have allowed twenty seven. We we may be in for a bludgeoning here. <laughs> we could be. Um, I I mean, listen. All I'm saying, Joe is, I... is not looking at these numbers and saying, "Oh, we have no problem." There's going to be problems. It's not going to be easy. If if a team has played four games and they've given up only twenty seven points, a little bit of quick math. <laughs> They're only giving up seven points a game. Actually, they're giving up just a tick under seven points a game. Which, if if we if we if we do the numbers really quick, there, um, that's less than a touchdown and a, and a point after per game. I think they're wearing those awful, awful uniforms. Oh yeah, do you remember these? The all whites with the stupid like slashes on the shoulder. Yep. I think this was the. I think the first game we ever called was UMass. Yeah, yeah. It was either UMass or Framingham. I think it was UMass. Nonetheless, um, they're giving up less than seven points a game. And why are they giving up less than seven points a game, Chris? Well, they have a ball hawking secondary, a ball hawking secondary. What I mean by that is they have seven interceptions through four games. <laughs> Almost to a game. That's that's amazing. That's that's incredible numbers for That's any, that's any hard team. to do. That's hard to do. 7 through 4 games. 
Now, I understand numbers might be inflated because when you're losing 59 to nothing, you're going to be throwing the ball. But still, I mean, and not only they that. They still had to make the interception. Not only that, but their pass rush. Let's, let's, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. I haven't looked at the tape yet, but their pass rush is going to, is going to have their way with a, a very, very weak Westcon offensive line. Shout out Pat. I don't know if you listen to this. Pat's their left tackle. He's massive and would probably crush me if he heard this. But, I mean, they have 10 sacks through four games, and Westcon has given up eight sacks through three. It's going to be tough. John is going to be running for his life in the pocket. You, you, there's no other way to put it. You need an inline tight end, and you need your running back to be Matt. You need to be match protecting every play. And you don't have – we don't have Ock anymore. Ock's not going to throw any more blocks. No. We don't have David Ross from last year. He's out tearing it up in Serbia, scoring 5,000 touchdowns. Shout out David Ross. We don't have Demi throwing blocks anymore. We don't have Kasachi throwing blocks anymore. No. This is going to be a tough game. Yeah, it's – it's if they want – if Westcon wants to even be competitive in this game, not not win, but if they want to even stay in this game enough to have a shot at it, that's where it's going to have to be done. It's going to have to be their offensive line. It's, it's gonna, going to have to be stout. They're going to have to hold up from this from a tenacious pass rush. Tenacious. I because, oh yeah, all the points are great. 177 points is unbelievable. They're going to score points. They're going to score points. Of course. Of course. I mean, Westcon is super, like I said, Westcon's super balanced. They have, right. they have a good run game. Right. They have a good passing game. But... When you're going up against a team that's only allowing right. 27 points and they've scored 177, let's again let's call. I'm going to use overuse this. Let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. You're going to be you're going to have to pass the ball. You have you, to unless unless they unless they pull a, a Tennessee Titans or an Iowa Hawkeyes and they sit there and they run the ball constantly and they chew up seven eight minutes of drive. That's the only way you're going to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Westcon's got it in for them, and. Uh... Well, let's talk about your rent. Your rent's due. Well, the doctor's in, and it's time to get surgical. Listen, boys and ladies, it's tough, okay? It's tough. I've brought myself back to 500, which is nice. Um, and, and my parlays, I've been one off each time. But like we always say, <laughs> like we always say, the only time you lose is when you, when you stop trying <laughs> Like Ant says, you can you, when you give up. That's when you've officially lost. So right. let's get back at it. Bet the rent this week. College football parlay. You don't have to parlay them. You can you can bet them straight. But parlays are nice. This will win you about two hundred bucks on a ten dollar bet. Yeah. Syracuse plus seven versus Clemson. Clemson is coming off of a devastating loss to Florida State in overtime. Um, I think Syracuse takes the points. I don't think Clemson is going to be playing. It's it. It's going to be in Death Valley, but I don't think... No, I'm sorry. It's not in Death Valley. It's in Syracuse. But they're not going to be playing motivated because it's not a rivalry game. We know how that is, especially in college. We know the home field advantage. Next, home field advantage, home field advantage. Florida plus three at Kentucky. Uh, Florida's coming off of another tough game. Um, and I think they're just going to bludgeon Kentucky. I do. I do. Florida, it's one of those things where, yes, wow. Kentucky's had a couple. They've had a couple wins. Over Florida the last couple of years, I think Will Levis was the quarterback for one of them. But 
Florida, they they beat Tennessee. They held Josh Heupel's huge offense to not a lot of points. Um, I really think that they turned it around when they got embarrassed by Utah at home. Um, next up, I got UCF minus 11 and a half versus Baylor. Baylor just, they got obliterated by Texas. Um, UCF was something like 11 of 13 from the, out of the uh, 11 of th- 11, 4, 13 playing unranked opponents at home. They're one of the best division one college teams at home stat wise. So I think they're going to beat Baylor. I think they're going to cover the spread UCF 11 and a half. Next up, we got Notre Dame and Duke. It's in North Carolina. I'm taking Notre Dame minus five and a half. And this was a tough one for me because everything in my being wanted Duke to win. It's hard to root for Duke, but it's not basketball. So, right. Um, right. <laughs> I think, I think Notre Dame after absolutely blowing it versus Ohio state, they're going to come out. They're going to come out pissed off. And I think, I think Duke is just on the wrong side of it. Um, Notre Dame minus five and a half. And then lastly, we're going to ride this one until it doesn't hit anymore. And that's taking the Iowa under. Uh, Michigan State is at Iowa, so they're going to be in, I think, Des Moines. I don't know where the stadium is. I think it's Des Moines. Um, under 36 and a half. I, I can see this game ending 10 to 3. So let's run that over again. We're going to go for my college football parlay. We're going Syracuse plus seven versus Clemson. Florida plus three at Kentucky. UCF minus 11 and a half versus Baylor. Notre Dame minus five and a half at Duke. And Michigan State and Iowa under 36 and a half. Now, Chris, I'm going to ask you because I haven't had any luck with the NFL. Maybe if you read these, <laughs> maybe if you read these, <laughs> something read better them. happens. Sure, I'll I'll read them. Um, but they're your. You picks. need to believe. No, you need to believe. All right, here we go. Thank you. We're gonna take the well. After the Dolphins destroyed the Broncos. To be fair, the Bills also destroyed Washington. Yes, we're taking <sighs> Dolphins money line against the Bills. At plus one twenty. You don't believe in that, do you? Next. We're taking the Steelers minus three at the Texans. All right. Do you not believe in that either? No. I, yeah, I like that one. I would. I would make that bet. Uh, we have the Bengals. We have the oh Bengals at Titans. We have the under under forty one and a half points. I yes. I think that's a lock. I think that's a lock. Absolutely. The Bengals, if the Bengals do anything like they did last night, they're not going to put up anything. It's going to be under 21.5 at that rate. Imagine the line on that. Minus 20 plus or under 21 and a half points. Probably make a ton of money. Rams plus one and a half at the Colts. I like that. Yeah, I like this. Yeah. I don't know about the Dolphins, but the other three look fine. Why not? Why don't you believe in the Dolphins? They just put, dude, they just put up 70 points. Yeah, I know. That's why. They're not going to put up 70 points again. I don't think they're, I don't think they need to. I think they're going to put up 35 and win. 28 and win. I'm not saying it's a bad, a bad pick. I just don't trust it. Listen, I, I just, just don't trust the no, pick. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna try to try to explain why I made this pick, or why you made this pick, or why you announced this pick. <laughs> I think the Dolphins are an absolute wagon, and the reason why I don't think the Dolphins can be figured out is because they just have four athletes 
and Devin Ach- I, I don't know how to say his last name. Achain, Achain, Devin Achain, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Raheem Mostert. All these guys are like 5'9 and just super fast. Like if you watch Tyreek Hill, very rarely is the guy running a route. He's just going to where the ball where there's nobody else and just sitting there and, and score like getting the ball and running away from everybody. So I don't think there's no way to game plan for these guys. That's no. why I that's why I think the Dolphins are so dangerous because there's no like, Bill Belichick is one of the best defensive minds ever. And he couldn't do anything against the Dolphins. They already played, right? Yeah, it was week two. Yeah. And he couldn't stop them. He slowed them down, but he couldn't stop them. I mean, it's just I, I physically do not think there is a set. I think Mike McDaniel, who is one of my favorite coaches in the NFL, I think he just goes out and he's like, yeah, go. Go win the game. Like, just run, run. It's backyard football. It's backyard football with guys that run for, you know, Four two, four three, four four forties. Like it's 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 nuts. It's yep. it's insane. That's it the is. only that's the only reason I'm high on the Dolphins. Um, and if their O line can hold up against that pass rush of Buffalo, which they just they decimated Washington last week. I mean, I think they had eight or nine sacks. Sam yeah. Howell was he was in a. Bl- <laughs> it might be that might have been the preview. That might have been the preview of Westcon UMass Dartmouth, to be fair with you. But I don't know, man. And then, obviously, Bengals-Titans, the Bengals have looked really bad. Um, and the Titans always play good defense. Granted, last week was iffy against the, the Browns. But Browns have an elite offensive line. And the Bengals don't. And the Titans pass rush and the Titans D-line is really good. Harold Landry, Jeff Simmons, Danico Autry, Tyre Tart. Those guys are great. And then the Rams, I don't know. I'm high on the Rams. Uh, I laughed at you for for saying they were going to be a good team, and they're putting it together. It's just Sean McVay is is doing Sean McVay things. Um, so those are my those are the reasons. And then Steelers Texans. That's just going to be a defensive battle, and we've seen that the Steelers usually win defensive battles. So hi, Mouse. Mouse number one and two are back in here. Do you need to get in here for her jammies? No. Oh, okay. I got the cold shoulder. I got the icy cold shoulder. <laughs> Chris, you want to sleep in my house tonight? <laughs> I don't care. We can, watch, we can watch movies and eat popcorn. We can watch Impractical Jokers all day, all night. I just got to be up early. <laughs> Very but, good. All right. I think it's time for our favorite segment. This is my favorite segment. I, I love, love this yours. segment. Um, do you have yours? Oh yeah. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna put some stats into mine. So uh, that don't I was rushing. Replacement. Right. I'll go. I'll go first. Take it away, Chris. This is Grammys Grinders. Grammys Grinders of the week, and my Grammys Grinder of the week is C.J. Stroud, um, and it's because yes, I picked him up before this week on my fantasy team, and I said this is gonna be the week where I scout him, that I want to grab him before somebody else does because in week two he had a pretty good week. I said, you know what, let me let me take a flyer on this guy. And so this season he's done nothing but produce. He's thrown two touchdowns uh, in each of his last two games. Uh, he's been over 240 yards passing all three games this season. Uh, no picks. Uh, through three games, and 
he's just been very, very impressive to watch. Uh, I watched his highlights uh, from this past week. He's looking great, and in the first three weeks of the season, he's my Grammys grinder of the week because he's kind of doing it quietly. I've always been – I was vocal that I, I'm not high on – I'm still vocal on that I'm not high on Ohio State quarterbacks. I'm not. Um, but, yeah, the guy's slinging it, and he's slinging it with not a lot of weapons. He's slinging it with not a great offensive line. So he's getting the job done, man. That's a great pick. Yeah. That's a great pick. Yeah, I, I saw him put up those numbers on my fantasy team, and I was like, this guy's got it. This guy's this this guy's going to be in my lineup for sure yeah. week four. Anyway, uh, C.J. Stroud, my Grammys Grinder of the Week. All right, so my Grammys Grinder of the Week um, is the Rocket Man himself. And if you're asking who is the Rocket Man himself, that's Joshua Dobbs. Now, the reason I say that is because the guy has a degree in uh, astrophysics from the University of Tennessee. That's not why um, he works literally works for NASA in the offseason, but that's not why. The reason why is because this man was a fourth-round draft pick out of Tennessee. Oh. Joe Pavelski, tip in. Who would have guessed? Um, <laughs> it's the preseason. Don't get angry. He was no. a, a fourth-round pick out of the University of Tennessee in 2017 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he was notoriously Ben Roethlisberger's backup from 2017 to 2019. But just listen to the teams he's bounced around on. So from 17 to 19, he was with Pittsburgh. 2019, he was with Jacksonville. 2020, 2021, he was with Pittsburgh again. 22, he was with Cleveland. 22, again, he was on the uh, Detroit Lions practice squad. Uh, 22, he was on the Titans. 2023, he was back on the Cleveland Browns practice squad. And then the Arizona Cardinals actually made a trade Made a trade for him. Now, the Cardinals notoriously have beaten, you know, beat the, they almost beat the Giants. And then they beat Dallas last week. Um, now, his numbers aren't great. I mean, he's 109 for 167, which he's throwing at a 65.3% clip. Pretty good. Four touchdowns, three picks. He's already over 1,000 passing yards. And he's at 82 uh, flat for his passer rating. But the it, the reason why Josh Dobbs, Joshua Dobbs is my Grammys grinder of the week is because this guy's been on a bunch of different teams. He's learned a bunch of different playbooks. But he's playing like an actual starter. He's not playing like Kyler Murray's replacement. Uh, everybody expected the, the Cardinals to be tanking. I expected them to be tanking. I mean, the amount of junk I talked to Giants fans because it's like, yeah, you came back, but it was against the Cardinals. Like now, it's still the Cardinals, but it holds a little more, <laughs> it holds a little more weight. Right. But Josh Dobbs, Joshua Dobbs, the guy is he's playing like a team. He he's playing like a player that is looking at his management and he's saying, hey man. Kyler's contract is massive. I know I'm a little on the older side. I can be that bridge quarterback to a guy that you draft next year. Trade Kyler, get a first-round pick, let me do it. So, Joshua Dobbs, you are my Grammys grinder. I just want to let you know, before we sign off today, let it be known that the Rangers scored on their first two shots on goal tonight. 15 seconds into the game and 113 into the game. And then five minutes into the game. Um, so I just wanted to let the record show that. Even though it is the preseason, the Islanders are still the Islanders. Island, Islanders need to bring in the ginger. Who? It's from uh, Letterkenny. 
bringing the ginger. Oh, bringing the. I was like, what? <laughs> I wasn't thinking of Letter Kenny. That's a good one. That was a you, good one. You got one over on me. I did. And I know that show. That's too bad. It's a good show. Anyway, oh, it's a great show. Follow us on Instagram at Sports and Spaghetti Pod, on TikTok at Sports and Spag Pod, and make sure you like, comment, and let us know what you think. I have to tell you. You know who always lets me know how our episode went and gives their absolutely honest opinion, and I appreciate it no matter what it is? Are we talking like brutally, brutally honest? Oh, yeah. Let me know. That would be my mom, Tish Walker. That would have been my guess. That would have been my guess. I do appreciate it. So be more like Tish and send me. Tell me what you really thought of it. Don't say it sounded really good, Chris. Tell me that we talked for too long. Or tell me that you think that it was great. like. But tell us what you really think. Don't just say, yay, I'm supporting you. Tell me what you thought. You could do both. Or, you yeah, could, you could say, I'm you supporting could say, you. You could say, yay, I'm supporting you, and you can share the pod. Um, and you can post things that you make and tag us on it. Yes. Um, and you can request uh, recipes. And if you have a family recipe you're just dying to share, let us know. Yes. And we'll try it. Um but you can you can do both. You can support us and you can be critical of us because that's how everybody gets better. That's how it. we get better. That's exactly right. So I'm Chris and over there is Anthony and this has been Sports and Spaghetti. Take it away. All right. So take care of your loved ones. Shave your eyebrows like Josh Dobbs. And as always, stay full. <laughs>